Shalom, and thank you for listening at BethEmmanuel.org. Feel free to download these audio files and share them with your friends and family. Please consider joining Beth Emanuel's virtual community and support our efforts for the kingdom by clicking on the Donate tab at BethEmmanuel.org. Rosh Hashanah is called the Festival of the King. It's a day of coronation. When the Jewish people crowned a new king, and the prophets anointed him with oil, they acclaimed the new king with the words, Yechi HaMelech, and they blew the shofar to announce that the new king had taken his throne. We rehearse these coronation rites on Rosh Hashanah with the shofar. The shofar of Rosh Hashanah functions as the fanfare of God's enthronement. Samuel anointed David as the king of Israel, but David had to wait a long time before receiving the throne. During that transitional period, David lived on the fringes of civilization as an outlaw at the head of a band of brothers and fellow outlaws, on the run from King Saul. That period of tension in David's life should remind us of our own situation as disciples of Yeshua. The disciple already knows Yeshua is the anointed king of Israel, the Messiah, but Yeshua has not yet taken his kingdom. The shofar to announce his coronation has not yet sounded. Instead, David is suffering rejection as the stone the builders rejected. He lives outside of respectable society as an outlaw. He is persona non grata in Israel, as are all of his followers. It's an apt metaphor for Messianic Judaism, which lies outside of the pale of acceptability due to our allegiance to the anointed son of David, who has not yet received his throne in Jerusalem. This story belongs to that period of David's life. It begins with the death of Samuel. 1 Samuel 25, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him, in his house at Ramah. Then David rose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man in Ma'on whose business was in Carmel. The man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. He was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. Nabal, or Naval, means fool. In the Bible, fool does not mean a stupid person. A fool is a person without wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the belief that God rewards and punishes. The Bible defines a fool as someone without that fear. The biblical fool is morally reprehensible. He is foolish because he does not possess wisdom, the fear of the Lord. David wrote about Nabal in Psalm 53. He says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. We could also read it to say, Nabal says in his heart, There is no God. Nabal is married to Abigail, whose name means father of joy 
or source of joy. In the story, Abigail represents wisdom. The text describes her as discerning, that is, full of good sense. 1 Samuel 25.3 says, The woman was discerning and beautiful. The Hebrew translated here as discerning is tova sekel, that is, with good sense. David says, The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Good understanding, sekel tov, to all who do them. Abigail is the complete opposite of her husband. She represents wisdom. Nabal, the fool on the other hand, was harsh and badly behaved. Before moving further in the story, let's review the three principal characters. David represents Messiah, son of David, the coming Messiah who has not yet been acknowledged as such by all Israel. Nabal represents folly, a person lacking the fear of the Lord. Abigail represents wisdom, a person full of the fear of the Lord and good understanding. All right, verse 4. David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. So David sent ten young men. And David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall greet him. Peace be to you, and peace be to your house, and peace be to all that you have. So David sends ten young men with the message of peace. Shalom to you, shalom to your house, shalom to all that you have. Remember that David is the coming king. He has already been anointed with the oil from Samuel's horn, and the Spirit of the Lord has already advanced upon him. He offers his blessing to Nabal's household in words that might remind us of the Messiah's blessing of peace. My shalom I give you, my shalom I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give to you. If David represents King Messiah in this story, his ten messengers correspond to the apostles. When Yeshua sent out his apostles, he told them, Whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it with your peace. And if the house is worthy, let your shalom come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your shalom return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Well, David told his men to deliver a message to Nabal. I hear that you have shearers. Now your shepherds have been with us, and we did them no harm, and they missed nothing all the time they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please, give whatever you have at hand to your servants and to your son David. 1 Samuel 25, 7-8 What was the feast day to which David referred? In Hebrew, it says Yom Tov, holiday. David says, Let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come upon a Yom Tov. Rashi cites a tradition that explains that David was referring to the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. This explanation contradicts the literal narrative, which places the story during the season of sheep shearing, but for purposes of this teaching, we will follow Rashi's suggestion. This would imply that David sends his ten men to Nabal on Erev Rosh Hashanah to acquire necessaries for the festival, 
He wants Nabal to provide him and his, his men with supplies they need for the Yom Tov meal of Rosh Hashanah. Nehemiah 8.10 says that the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be celebrated in a joyful spirit with rich foods and sweet foods. It says, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet wine, send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's Rosh Hashanah, and David is ready to have a banquet. Nabal should have invited David and his men to come dine with him. Instead, he refused to admit them or to heed David's message. It says, when David's young men came, they, they said all this to Nabal in the name of David, and then they waited. And Nabal answered David's servants, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants these days who are breaking away from their masters. Nabal's attitude towards David echoes Pharaoh when he replied to Moses, Who is Hashem that I should heed him? I do not know Hashem and I will not heed him. It's similar to the cynical attitude of the secular world, and particularly the attitude the world shows toward our master. The wisdom of the world, which is folly, says, Who is Yeshua? Who is the son of David? Notice that most people are willing to talk about God or a higher power or the universe. But as soon as we speak about Yeshua, we incur cynicism and rejection. The fool says, Who is David? Nabal has no fear of the future king. Nabal says in his heart, There is no God. It says in Psalm 53, they are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have those who work evil no knowledge, who eat at my people as they eat bread, and do not call upon God? There they are, in great terror, where there is no terror. For God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. You put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion, when God restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. On a Yom Tov, we are supposed to eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord. The fool is unwilling to share with those in need. He thinks only of himself. He is unwilling to render tribute to the Messiah, the Anointed One. Nabal says, Shall I take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shearers and give it to men who come from I do not know where? So David's young men turned away and came back and told him all this. And this is the response that you can anticipate when you go out as a messenger of Yeshua. He told his disciples they could expect the world to treat them the way it had treated him. He told them that when something like this happens, they should leave that home or village and shake the dust from their feet as they go. The future king is not to be trifled with. David does not take the fool's disrespect well. He tells his men to strike the household of Nabal. And David said to his men, Every man strap on his sword. 
and every man of them strapped on his sword. David also strapped on his sword. And about 400 men went up after David, while 200 remained with the baggage. Meanwhile, one of the servants of Nabal's household warns Abigail about all that has transpired. He urges Abigail to consider the potential consequences of spurning David, and he reminds her of all that David has done on their behalf. Beginning in verse 15 of 1 Samuel 25, it says, But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to greet our master, and he railed at them. Yet the men were very good to us, and we suffered no harm, and we did not miss anything when we were in the fields as long as we went with them. They were a wall to us, both by night and by day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know this and consider what you should do, for harm is determined against our master and against all his house. And he is such a worthless man that one cannot speak to him. Abigail is no fool, and she sees what is coming. Remember, Abigail represents good understanding. She is full of sekel tov. She represents wisdom and knows the fear of the Lord. When she hears that the anointed David is coming, she is afraid, and she quickly makes preparations in light of the coming day of wrath. It says, Then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves and two skins of wine and five sheep already prepared and five sayas of parched grain and a hundred clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on donkeys. And she said to her young men, Go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. And as she rode on the donkey and came down under the cover of the mountain, behold, David and his men came down toward her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain I guarded all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him. And he has returned me evil for good. God do so to the enemies of David, and more also if by morning I leave so much as one male of all who belong to him. It's Erev Rosh Hashanah. David is coming. He's not happy. Try to glimpse the apocalyptic imagery behind the story. The clock is at one minute to midnight. The son of David is coming. He's bringing a reward to every man according to the deeds he has committed, whether good or bad. The foolish Nabal of the world laughs it off. The cynics scoff. Nabal says in his heart, There is no God. There is no day of judgment. There are no consequences. There is no coming of the Messiah. But the wise prepare for the coming day of the Lord. They prepare for the coming of the king. When Abigail saw David, she hurried and got down from the donkey and fell before David on her face and bowed to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, On me alone, my Lord, be the guilt. Please let your servant speak in your ears and hear the words of your servant. Let not my Lord regard this worthless fellow, Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But I, your servant, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Now then, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, because the Lord has restrained you from blood guilt and from saving with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek to do evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now let this present that your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men 
who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your servant. Let's heed Abigail's wisdom on the eve of Rosh Hashanah. She goes out to meet the king with charitable gifts, with petitions for mercy, and with sincere repentance. Tefillah, tzedakah, teshuvah. She confesses not only her own shortcomings, but also those of her household. She acclaims the king and declares his kingdom. She says, For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord is fighting the battles of the Lord. And evil shall not be found in you so long as you live. If men rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living, in the care of the Lord your God. And the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the hollow of a sling. From this passage, the sages derive two unique terms for the two possible destinations of the soul after death. When the soul leaves the body and enters into the world of souls, it enters either into paradise or torment to await the final judgment. To be bound in the bundle of life is understood to mean returning to the source of life in paradise. It's the heavenly reward of the supernal paradise where the souls of the righteous await the resurrection. To be slung out as from the hollow of a sling refers to the fate of the soul slung into Gehenna, where he is pitched to and fro. The two terms appear frequently in Jewish literature to refer to those two potential fates. Wisdom, personified here as Abigail, recognizes that death is not the end. Abigail sees what Nabal cannot see. She understands that there is reward and punishment in the hereafter. That knowledge inspires her fear of the Lord. This is the essential message of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's the message of the High Holy Days and the Days of Awe, when we rehearse the final judgment which will result in an eternal inscription in the book of life, or, God forbid, in the book of death. The high holidays point toward the apocalyptic day of the Lord on which we must all stand before the judgment. On another note, wisdom perceives that even though the Messiah might currently be regarded as an outlaw without esteem, he will eventually take his throne. Abigail wisely casts her lot with him now. She knows that the Anointed One will one day take his rightful place as king. In this way, she fulfills the words of Psalm 2, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Abigail says to David, and when the Lord has done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you prince over Israel, my Lord shall have no cause of grief or pangs of conscience for having shed blood without cause or for my Lord taking vengeance himself. And when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your servant. So Abigail comes to David and bows before him, offering tribute, acclaiming him as king, and affirming his future kingdom. In this way, she teaches us what it means to have faith in Yeshua. She places her faith in David as the Lord's anointed, 
She has confidence in the promises that the prophet has made about him. She believes that he will be the one to fulfill the prophecy made over him, even the prophecy spoken by Samuel's mother in the Haftarah for the first day of Rosh Hashanah, where it says, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his Messiah. 1 Samuel 2.10 We should learn from Abigail's wisdom. Be wise, be warned, serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Give your life to serve God as a disciple of Yeshua. Find the fear of the Lord in your life and serve the Lord with trembling. We want to acclaim Yeshua as king, taking joy in him and taking refuge in him. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Abigail saves the day through her sincere acts of tzedakah, tefillah, and teshuva, charity, prayer, and repentance. She averts the king's wrath, and he sends her away in peace. And David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion, and blessed be you who have kept me this day from blood guilt and from avenging myself with my own hand. For as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has restrained me from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, truly by morning there had not been left to Nabal so much as one male. Then David received from her hand what she had brought him. So David sends her back home with a blessing that alludes back to the blessing that Eli gave to Hannah. He says, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have obeyed your voice. I have granted your petition. 1 Samuel 25.35 These are words that we want to hear from the king as we come before him on the high holidays. There's an epilogue to the story. Keep reading to follow Abigail home and see what happens. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until the morning light. And the text says Nabal was holding a banquet, a mishteh, like the mishteh hamelech, like the banquet of a king. This must be the phrase that inspired the sages to associate this story with Rosh Hashanah, the feast of the king. But Nabal is not the king. He is feasting as if he is the king while spurning the true king. Nabal and his friends spend the night drinking and partying. He has a fierce hangover in the morning. Abigail tells him about all that transpired with David. He has some type of stroke, survives 10 days, and dies on the 10th day, corresponding to Yom Kippur. It says, In the morning, when the wine had gone out of Nabal, his wife told him these things. And his heart died within him, and he became as a stone. And about ten days later, the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. On Rosh Hashanah it is decreed, and on Yom Kippur it is sealed. Who will live and who will die? Yom Kippur comes ten days after the judgment issued on Rosh Hashanah. The fool's name was written into the book of death on Rosh Hashanah, sealed on Yom Kippur, and he died. It's a tragic ending for the fool, 
but a happy ending for the woman married to the fool. She becomes David's wife. David sends his servants to escort her, like the angels dispatched on the day of the coming of the Son of Man who gather his elect from the four corners. It says, When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has avenged the insult I received at the hand of Nabal, and has kept back his servant from wrongdoing. The Lord has returned the evil of Nabal on his own head. Then David sent and spoke to Abigail to take her as his wife. When the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they said to her, David has sent us to you to take you to him as his wife. And she rose and bowed with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your handmaid is a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hurried and rose and mounted a donkey, and her five young women attended her. She followed the messengers of David and became his wife. And that's the end of the story. David goes on to become king. It's a story for Rosh Hashanah with a Rosh Hashanah theme. King Solomon warns us the wise dies just like the fool. In other words, the day of judgment will come for both the wise and the foolish. Which one are you? Do you see yourself as the wise servant, ready for the coming of the master, watching and waiting for the coming of the son of David, waiting for the bridegroom, like the wise virgins with extra oil for their lamps, acclaiming his kingdom, ready to wash the feet of his servants? Or are you among the foolish, the sons of Nabal, who deny God, living without the fear of the Lord in your life, and who say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. May we all finish with a good inscription in the book of life by the merit and virtue of our holy master, the son of David. May we be reckoned as one like Abigail and not like Nabal. May we receive a good inscription to serve the Lord with fear and to rejoice with trembling. May we receive the blessing due to all those who pay homage to the Son and take refuge in Him. Take on my yoke and learn from me and find rest for your soul.